Hello and welcome to our new podcast, The Drums TV Talks. I'm media editor, John McCarthy. And I'm TV reporter, Hannah Bowler. Each week, we'll sit down with the decision makers, media owners, ad tech execs, and producers shaping the future of TV to explain the role advertising has in funding the industry and re-establishing dominance as the best screen in the house. So we're going to be explaining TV advertising in simple-ish terms without the complicated jargon. We basically want to make the TV ad sector a piece of cake to understand. So thanks for joining our TV Talks. This week I spoke to the Drum's amazing TV steering committee about advertisers' TV measurement troubles. And it's more exciting than it sounds, I can assure you. Um, Basically, TV fragmented across more platforms than I have time to name. I also moved from linear into digital. We've been measuring linear TV for decades upon decades. Well, not me. I'm just a journalist that talks to people who do it. That's fine. So the tried and trusted ways of measuring TV effectiveness are almost out the window. Marketers know TV works as a medium, but they're having a tough time proving just how much ROI they're getting. And we, we get into that on the call. Did on the call, can I ask, did anyone know what the ROI they wanted to measure is? Because this is something that I'm constantly confused by right now. Yeah, um, I've I've actually edited myself out of this call because it was a bit it was a bit chaotic. I got a headache, um, and I think some of the people on the call who also mentioned did also get a headache. Um, basically, I came away with the notion that everyone's asking for different things. Um, Back in the days of the Nielsen, you got your audience reach and you had a good idea. You could do certain studies around that. But uh, now there's a lot of players on the market trying to outflank Nielsen in the digital space. And there are a lot from different things, different measurements of different outcomes. Um, basically, I have to edit the word different out of the write-up quite a lot. But anyway, on the call was Group M's Simon Thomas, Innovid's Tal Chalosen, the VAB's Sean Cunningham, Ashwini Karandikar of the 4As, and finally, Direct Line Group's Sam Taylor, who offered a strong client perspective. We'll be hearing them all again in the future, but for now, enjoy. John, Simon, as always, I'm you know really quiet. <laughs> um, having been working in measurement for 44 years, um, it's actually quite important, <laughs> to be honest with you. Uh, the issue with measurement is it is the basis of all planning, strategic comms planning, tactical planning, optimization, and you know, from, from Dags's point of view, revenue generation and yield yield on revenue. Yeah. And it's a currency that we can use as an industry to trade. If you take measurement out, you end up basically with no foundation. And I've literally in the last half an hour come off a call with a major global advertiser talking about exactly this and their frustration. But we, we don't have global currencies. Well, actually, I had to tell them we haven't got national currencies. And increasingly in the US, I think we're going to be getting into fewer and fewer national currencies in the US of all places. Um, and you know, they are seriously frustrated. And so anything we can do to bring measurement up the agenda and get some of the issues fixed and solved, both commercially and politically, it's not a technical issue. It's it's in many cases a commercial issue, which I totally get, um, or it's a political issue, and with an overriding privacy for the uh, issue for the digital players. And Tal, I wonder if we can bring you in next with your innovative hat on. 
the, the future of television, or at least the, the streaming side of television, probably introduced a lot more ways to measure, a lot more data that can uh, be generated, a lot more endpoint that could be uh, connected together. And we're gunning, we at Innovate at least, gunning towards that, that future without looking at what's available right now, uh, current ways of measurement, current currency or other uh, odd words that are being thrown out uh, a lot. Um, but what we what we believe is that again the, the future will create better ways and, and new marketers will jump into the into the marketplace that um, would like to see um, other forms of measurement that, that are available. For example, tying our ad serving data um, on a one to one basis, uh, meaning not a, not a panel based but more of a census into website traffic or app download or things like that. Those are those are things that, without challenging the existing method, those are more of additive to uh, to whatever is available. That's um, uh, that, that's one one thing to say. Uh, I want to touch on uh, on the on the privacy aspect. Uh, I'll, I'll say two things on that, and those are uh, those are clearly counter to what uh, um, what we offer right now. But but I don't think that it matters because that's that's what the, where the industry I believe uh, would go. Um, uh, so one thing is around IP address, um, and the other one I'll, I'll say about ACR. Those are the two two main topics. So on, on IP address. Um, there, there are three main identifiers in the digital world that are call it pseudonymous. That are not something that was given by a user, but uh, or not deliberately used, given by a user. One is cookies, and the other one is device IDs, and the third one would be IP address. Uh, it's kind of just just looking at what happened to the first two. It's fairly obvious to uh, to believe what will happen to the third one. Um, and uh, all three of them are generated by uh, call it the operating system. Uh, for lack of a better term, which varies by by device a little bit, but uh, but generated by the operating system and given into the app or the ad server or measurement provider, whatever. Um, and um, a lot of the measurement uh, in the connected television uh, world right now is somewhat reliant on an IP address. Uh, that's the main form of graph generation uh, and, uh, and 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 cross device generation. It's it's not the end all be all metric, but that's that's the lion's share of data is reliant on an IP address. Uh, there's many factors that um, uh, that would uh, say that that uh, that anchor is uh, is under fire. I'm just going to throw some, and if you want, I can expand more. Um, one is that many of the operating system already hinted that uh, there's some. Uh, changes that are coming. Uh, Apple with uh, with private relay that was introduced in the past. Google has a project called IP blindness, uh, part of the privacy sandbox that is being tested. And and safe to assume that others will happen. Uh, Amazon on Amazon Fire TV already introduced uh, limitation on access IP address. So long story short, this is one thing. Second one is uh, it's more US than others, but uh, it will happen in any other countries in my mind, uh, is the move to IPv6 from IPv4, uh, which uh, makes a lot of problems in tracking IP address. I can share some stats about it's already happened big time in the United States. People don't talk about it that much, but it's at, uh, it's it's pretty massive already in the United States. Uh, so that that's on IP address. If you want, I can I can expand more on the ACR side. Um, uh, um, 
Yes, there was some ruling uh, happened mostly around Visio or started by Visio about the need to uh, uh, opt in versus opt out uh, model for access on ACR data. Yeah. But um, but my my just my gut. Uh, and there's there's many ways to challenge what I'm saying. I'm, I 100% agree with that. But uh, but just uh, I would say that the general population, aka non-marketing practitioners or non-edtech people, uh, somewhat and I'll I'll use my mom as an example, somewhat understand what digital uh, the digital world means when I'm logging in and what is the social contract that I'm doing when I'm log and creating a user on Facebook or creating a user on whatever Snapchat or any other platform. I don't think that the general population gets the same mindset when I'm unboxing a Samsung connected TV or a Roku or whatever, and, and I'm getting asked, do you want to connect to the internet in order to get yeah. the breadth of the internet? I don't think that the same understanding clicked with general population, that it's literally the exact same social contract that now I'm, I get access to all your data. That's, I think, that, that leap um, will uh, uh, will create challenges either because there would be some type of government intervention here, different regulation or self-regulation because the industry will say, okay, I need to do something a little a little more transparent. Next, Ashwini, I wonder if you can share your perspective and some of the conversations you've been having with clients too. Sorry, I was just going to add to what he said. I agree about ACR. This year was a good way for us to get started and just try and connect and get some sort of day, semblance of data or signals or whatever else it is. Uh, a couple of the weeks ago, we were chatting with Vizio, with Samsung, with LG, with a few other uh, OEMs. So, you know, companies that manufacture the actual devices. It, it's, it's like your IDFA, meaning if I own a device and there's a tracker, well, now on my TV screen, there's a tracker. Uh, and so that just becomes one more uh, box that is going to track you. I think last time we all met, we, we, we discussed the need for a connective thread across the ecosystem because, ev I mean, everyone has, a, has some sort of first party, whatever, uh, tag or data signal. GDPR allows for it as long as you get consent. So all, all devices now get your consent. And the million word T's and C's, no one reads them. So you're consenting to it anyway. What's happening in the US is happening because of that. Um, when we were running Amnet in, uh, when I was running Amnet in Europe and, and APAC, GDPR was changing the way you could think of data. Same thing was happening in Brazil. They have a version of GDPR, except it's not backed by law. So it's just, you know, see if you can handle it. If not, try and map it some other way. Um, Brazil actually allows public trading of what a social security number, if you will, meaning in the US, you know, it's sacrosanct. You you cannot trade on my social security number, but in Brazil you can, et cetera, et cetera. I think measurement for the, for probably for this discussion, it may be a good idea for us to define the, John, to what you say, I hate measurement as well because it's so broad and it's very nebulous. Like, why are you measuring what you're measuring? I feel like this is becoming the new attribution discussion. No one knows why they want an attribution model except they want it. And if, if I were to tell you that your search drove all your sales, would you stop your TV and publishing? No, you wouldn't. So then why bother with attribution? Who cares? 
I probably we are kind. I hope we are not getting to a similar system with measurement. Uh, it was the same with viewability, random metric. If your pixel shows up for one second, <clears throat> your ad is viewable. Why? I mean, 100% viewability is not 100% sales by any stretch. So who cares about viewability? The discussion sort of is becoming meaningless until you bring privacy into it. Then no one knows what we're talking about again. So maybe we define the core topics about, you know, what is it that we want to sort of redefine next i would like to go to sam at direct line group just to get an idea for how the clients are grasping how to activate in tv especially ones like direct line that have been in there that space for a long time and are having to adapt their approach yeah we all want to grow our businesses to do that when the audience we're in the business of targeting audiences to make our advertising effective so for me if you were to write and write back one of the two questions my first question would be how do we identify that we've delivered an audience cross, cross platform, cross campaign, cross channel, whatever you want to, whatever you want to call it, but define and deliver an audience? Because unless we can do that and we know that we're delivering an audience, uh, we can't start to answer questions around attribution. Um, and, then, and then underneath that, you've got yes, we you know if we were able to reach an audience and quite measure the reach of that audience. Do we understand the impact? That, that reach or that impression or impact is having. So rather than talk about impressions, we'll talk about impacts. Um, did we reach the audience and did we reach an audience in a, in a way that is likely to drive consumer change, behavioural change? No. So therefore, to do that, they'd have to see it. They'd have to leave an imprint to be able to, as a consumer, have to action it. And then you get to the point of understanding effectiveness, what drove the most impact, what's the most effective um, activity we use or, or driven. And then going right back to Simon's point at the beginning, the number one if we were to start anywhere, um, it's it's actually not even. We don't even have to go as far as for me at this early stage down to privacy. It's more a case of if you were to link everything or anchor it to broadcast rather than anchoring it to digital. How can I use the plethora of platforms that are available to me in TV because there are loads now, which is brilliant. How can I use those to to complement the fantastic past that I've had on TV as an advertiser? Your challenge then becomes about reach extension. It becomes about impact, attention, not necessarily. And you know, we need to talk about connected past TV and impressions, and you know, sorry, and, and privacy, and etc. But I don't think we've answered the first question yet, which is how do I most effectively reach my audience with the attention that TV as a as a broadcast linear platform has given me in the past. Next, we'll go to Sean Cunningham at the VAB, who has been in these discussions for longer than anyone would care to admit. On you go, Sean. The, the, in the, the environment we're in now, the, the, pro, the problem I have with the research, researcher to researcher brilliant conversations is, well, the last four I've been in, I think, are still ongoing. Um, but I don't know, I don't know that it, it gets to the change that needs to be affected. Um, and ultimately, if there's it, certainly in the history of the U.S. advertising business, where ultimately this comes down to behavioral change is what this comes down to. In order to get any kind of ecosystem to change its behavior, US, history um, it shows that you essentially have to prove the obvious. Um, and and that, that sounds like a, like a, a contradiction, but the, the major migrations that we've seen have come after, you know, um, hand-wringing, you know, mounds of data that prove the obvious and we're in a an odd 
in a good, uh, but kind of odd situation in the States right now in that, in that when we think about, you know, measurement, and I'm thinking from a macro perspective, and I only understand this through kind of a marketer's lens, advertiser agency, um, who we deal with day in and day out in the larger ecosystem. Uh, you know, sort of the every woman, every man marketer could be brand manager, uh, could be somebody with an SVB title at an agency or whatever. It, it kind of views from a provider perspective, we sort of had this, um, we had a, we, we had this, uh, it's like staging a tournament every year, but we only had a tournament with one player in it. You know, it was like a, by dubious default, you know, everyone knew the, the end of the beginning. Uh, and now at least I think there's a psychic understanding and a, a, a DNA understanding of the fact that we actually, as a tournament now have an open, we actually have multiple players. Uh, I think that one of the things that's, that's getting kind of lost and I think is part of proving the obvious is there is a, a rhetoric in the states that, you know, however many that field is, whether it's four or it's seven or it's nine or whatever it is. Uh, and we're talking both measurement and eventual currency. So currency lowers the field a little bit um, that we're actually talking about start startups and one days and wannabes and toe in the water testing. And I think one of the things that is going to um, change behavior um, is the realization that so many of these um, so many of these players already have dozens of clients of playing in dozens of categories that are running in some cases thousands of campaigns already um, and I think the change in behavior that is going to really force and ultimately get to the metrics that are beyond audience measurement and beyond verification, get down into business lifts and get down into net effects um, and give the marketer the kind of data that they're currently getting from a Google or Facebook, but given to give it to them in a way that in a way that's verified in a way that's transparent in a way that they can see all the moving parts. I think that we're, we're, we're going to need some of these companies to kind of prove the obvious. And I think they will. Uh, and I think they'll do a splendid job of it. And what that's going to do is that's going to advance a lot of the need for disclosure, transparency, um, all the things that we need. And and when I say proving the obvious, you know, the idea of, you know, um, it, is there going to be a metric that will effectively show television's lift? And I just go back to, you know, right now, if you look on, if you look at um, US TV, every other ad is a gambling ad, right? Right now, basically in sports and others, it's just taken over. Um, the ones that aren't gambling ads are DTC ads, right? Why did DTC go from a $400 million category in the States to a $4 billion category in the States? Because those people have the most sophisticated data and analytics and they know and they can isolate every variable. They actually were data analytics companies before they even decided what product category to compete in. And so we know all we need is the data and the analytics to prove the obvious, and that will change behavior. And Ash, do you have any examples of how we've changed how we approach consumers uh, if they have indeed changed their behavior? A couple of years ago, we had started, Coca-Cola had come to us asking to see if we could run campaigns based on either attention or some, some value other than sales, because they, you know, no one buys Coke online. And so meaning the soda online. And so, um, how, how do you do that? Now there's a big push towards having a more, uh, diversity, uh, uh, diverse supplier view on how, how do you buy media across the board? 
what's the measurement around that? Uh, to what Sean mentioned, behavior change. So last week we participated in an ANA um, conference where Heather from GM spoke about the need to increase spend on diverse suppliers that do, are usually not measured under the same metrics as mainstream suppliers. Uh, and by suppliers, I mean publishers, media supply publishers. Uh, and there could be a trillion answers to depending on what you're trying to get to at the end of it. Uh, a Home Depot or an Asda are trying to get you to buy, what I, I'm not milk, but equivalent of milk. Uh, we do a lot of work with retail media networks, or Kroger or a, any of these large mer merchants, if you will, or, or distribution, distribution centers are trying to measure how quickly they can move product. For others, it's probably more registrations. For B2B, it's more leads. I'll just go back to maybe defining each session, let's just talk about X and find 10 things that we could explore further. Because at the end of the day, it's for marketers. What is the right measurement that they want to go with that will help define product movement or product sales or store uplift or new launch or what have you? And then, you know, work it backwards. And speaking of working backwards, uh, Simon, um, maybe you can give us a perspective of how long these measurement discussions have been going on for um, back into the days of landlines and terrestrial TV, perhaps. I mean, I can remember analysing um, when we launched, we helped launch Disney in Paris and we had different telephone numbers for each of the channels. It, we went through the fulfilment centre and that evening with the Barb overnight ratings, we worked out what the most cost efficient response was. Not just response for catalogue, but value of value of um, booking. Yeah, you know, and it went on and on. So none of this is new. It's just that we've got far far better tech uh, to process it. The basic concepts are, you know, and I, 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 we're advertising brands to consumers, and in doing so, we need to have a comparative value. And that, I mean, again, literally based on the call I've just had with a very successful global advertiser. They were talking about ROI. They're not. They're not particularly well. Of course, yes, they are worried about media inflation. But what they're worried about is de is degradation in their return on investment as a business. And so that's the important part. That's where the measurement ends up. I think Sam might have a point on that. Yeah. No, I think you're, that's where, that is where it ends up. And I guess the challenge you yeah you're right. The challenge you've got right now is with all the choices you've got there. So if I look to my econometric model, I said right, I'm going to evaluate all my media channels by our, in our from an ROI point of view that have TV. Um, now the moment if I was to put VOD on my plan, it would look really inefficient. The reason looking inefficient is because we we're probably over-investing in linear. So if we look at TV curve, we're adding it on top and going, what's the uplift from ball? Well, nothing because the TV, we're, in, in, we're investing in some wastage. Um, now, so you've got that kind of measurement across cross channel that's the issue. Uh, and because in, historically, we've always had TV as a media channel. We've not had ITV or Sky within our MMM model. We just had TV. And we never really, in the past, because of the way we do share deals, we've not really looked at the impact that one channel has over another. We might look at the impact of peak versus uh, late peak, whatever, from an audit point of view. We've not really looked at the science behind it. And so we're now at a point where we've got choices ahead of us in terms of it's not just broadcast channels. We've got addressable, we've got VOD, we've got connected TV opportunities. How do I make the right choice 
in driving my ROI, but just again, stepping back from the ROI, you've got to be able to go, did my ad get seen by the people I wanted to see it? And then mm. what's the impact on ROI? What did I pay for it? And what's the effective impact that that's had? And unless you've got that as an ingestion point of what did my ad get seen by the audience I wanted to see it, you've got you've got a challenge because it doesn't matter what model you, you use, you're always going to have a gap because we end up in a, in, a, in a land where we've been in digitally in recent years where you're spending loads of money and you know it's like no mistake that D2C categories increase in investment because yeah. they've just realised that digital's not working not necessarily in the UK they're not because they've suddenly realised that TV works it's because they've also realised that digital doesn't work because they've not been measuring it correctly from an attribution point of view they, they also managed they also managed to do something brilliantly in that they managed to fuse transactional advertising and brand advertising into typically the same message and the same campaigns which not always easy to do to elicit to elicit a transactional response while you're building a brand. You know, look at a brand like Peloton, you know, who was able to, you know, grow sales 100%, 100%, 100% in consecutive years, and yet grow a brand with a halo and a value that you'll buy a $4,000 treadmill from. So, you know, to me, I I look at it, and if we think about the non-transactional, I I, I was talking about the transactional piece of it before, but obviously there's some of it is is having having the transparent metrics that, again, prove that the obvious part of that. But to me, the the larger value ultimately to advertisers is because of what we're, what advertising is essentially, you know, attempting to do is modify consumer behavior. And how do you do that? But long-term, it's about building loyalty beyond reason. The, the, the ways that you do that, I think that while it's important to understand the discrete end media vehicles, I think the, the, the layer that, that is missing right now, uh, which we, we really want to be part of understanding is when you're doing that long-term brand building, and it could be today's transaction or it could be loyalty beyond reason, of, of, you know, over the course of a depth of relationship with a consumer, you know, how can you calculate for quality, for content, uh, for duration and context? That, that to me is the, the, the middle piece that allows down to transactional and up to building loyalty beyond reason. That's the piece that I, I think that we most need to understand. I think it's the hardest piece. Well, I'd like to thank everyone for joining today. Um, If you're still listening, thank you very much. You must be looking to get to the bottom of TV measurement. And I assure you, we will over the coming months as part of the Drums Future of TV Beat, which you can see on this site. Um, This was our fourth TV Talks podcast, I believe. Um, We're really gaining momentum and having a great time getting guests on and getting to the bottom of all the the biggest issues facing TV. I would like to thank you for listening and, you know, we do have other sort of things you can listen to. We have many podcasts on the site and also every week we run The Drum Show and that's our magazine TV show that will discuss the biggest issues in marketing that week uh, with some of our top journalists and the best people in the industry. So give that a listen. Uh, Thank you very much and look to hear from you again. Or should I say, I hope you hear from me again. Maybe you'll come on the show. Who knows? Thank you and goodbye.